This podcast may contain adult language, adult situations, spoilers, and some brief nudity, so parental guidance is adjusted. We have such sights to show you. After about five minutes of this movie, you're gonna wish you had ten beers. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. So, what would you little maniacs like to do first? Hi, I'm Jackie. Wanna play? Oh, well. La di da. La di da. La la. Welcome back to the Cinema Recall Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this bonus episode of the Cinema Recall Podcast. I am one of your hosts, The Vern. My wonderful co host, Ash Yurok, cannot join us for this episode because she is making money as a massage therapist. So she's out there doing that making the rounds, making the funds there. Uh, but we have a very special guest here with us in the studio today. Uh, she is the writer and director of such features, uh, such as Confidence Game, In Between, Beautiful Distraction. Most recent movie is Sapiosexual. Please welcome Deborah Twist. Hello, Deborah. Hi, how are you, Jason? It's nice to meet you, all right? Now... A lot of our listeners out there, they are going to recognize you the most from a certain movie you did in 2010. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, that movie is Kick-Ass. Yep. Uh, where you played uh, the very sexy teacher that our lead character fantasized over. <laughs> yeah. Now, how did you get involved in Kick-Ass with, by Matthew Vaughn? Um, I've been auditioning my whole life, and sure. I just got the audition. Um, my manager set it up. I went in, did it. Then I got called back. Um, the the uh, casting director from London flew to New York, and I worked with her, and she loved my stuff. And then Matthew Vaughn fell in love with the audition, and I was flown to Canada to shoot. Okay. Well, very cool. Uh, was it like just a one-day shoot or was it? For me, it was one-day shoot, but I was there for like four or five days because uh, they had to do wardrobe and all that kind of stuff. And okay. Yeah, it was good. It was, right. it was fun. I had a yeah. lot of fun with that. Very fun indeed there. Because uh, I imagine it's got to be somewhat difficult to try to find clothing because it is a somewhat new scene in a way to try to like block it for PG-13 audience and whatnot, I imagine, or R-rated. It's R-rated, right? I keep forgetting kick-ass. It's R, yep. It is, okay, all right. Uh, all right, well, very cool. Um, and But we're here to talk about sapiosexual, but I do want to ask you just real briefly now about your other features, because I'm very curious about this, Deborah. Did you want to always become a director, or did you want to just an actress that came into directing um i i always knew that i would write as well as be an actress uh directing came later after i was told by a guy that i had a relationship with in the 90s that i could never be a director what? <laughs> it's oh. like anyone that tells me i can never do something immediately i have to go do it i love it uh <laughs> I'm very curious to check out your other features, especially one I see on here uh, called The Confidence Game with Sean Yun, who I know best from being 
the role of Rachel in Blade Runner, and I'm yeah. very curious how you how you got to be involved with her. Um, my casting director Donna McKenna um, helped hire her, and okay. luckily though um, I've been in several things with Don- with um, Sean Young at this point, and um, we've become really good friends, and it's pretty cool. It's really pretty cool. Well, that's very cool. Um, all right, so the movie that we're going to be talking about is your recent directorial effort, uh, Sapiosexual. Uh, what made you want to tell this story? And maybe we can just give a little, like, uh, uh, sort of a quick synopsis of the story. Um, my friend, my best friend from college had written a short erotica story that was about three pages long about these three people who were having this um, – crazy sex capade weekend at the beach, at a beach house. And she gave it to me and she said, you know, if you ever want to make this into a script, it could be a sh- great short film. I read it. I thought, oh, this could be excellent short film. We could do it really arty, no dialogue, just black and white. And, and then I started to realize, oh, wait a second, there's a lot more to this story than just like, you know, the three people yeah. in the, in the beach house. Like I want to see like why, they're there, what their backstory is, where they're coming from, what might happen next. So I concocted this whole plot around why they were there and what was really going on. And that's what the, the movie's about. It's yeah. about this aging narcissist who um, brings his most current um, girlfriend, he's married, he brings his girlfriend that he's breaking up with uh, to his country house and also has uh, a guy that he had an involvement with when the guy was younger. Oops, sorry, my dog. <laughs> Your dog has a piece to say too about this. I love it. Um, and the three of them end up there and all kinds of mind games ensue. <laughs> I think what I really love about this feature is the way that it starts off as one thing because when watching it, I'm thinking, oh, well, this is a story just about the three-way between these three characters. And there's going to be some surprises that happens between them. I thought it was going to be about this couple and they bring a third person in and that third person is the one that's going to be kind of the antagonist of the piece. Um, (laughs) But the way that you changed things around was very kind of fascinating. And I really kind of loved what you did. And all the three actors that you have there are really good. Uh, and I was very impressed and amazed that you not only wrote and directed this, but you also starred in this too. And big shout out to the other cast members, uh, Nick Harden, uh, who plays uh, your boyfriend, Liam. And also shouts to, I'm going to try to say the same right here, David Edwin Williams as uh, Freddie. Yeah. In this. Yeah, those guys were great. They were fabulous actors, and I'm I'm really lucky to have both of them. It was we, the three of us got along perfectly, and so, and it was a lot of fun. It was it was really a lot of fun. So, how did you like prepare to do this film with the actors? I mean, did you audition several actors before you hired on these three? Uh, were they involved with any of like the I wouldn't say script rating, but were they involved in collaboration on this at all? No. Um, okay. they, I wrote the script, and um, luckily, Rich Wolf from Breaking Glass Pictures came to me in December of 2021, and he asked me if I had anything that I could do for a certain low budget. 
And I had this script and I was going through something really crazy at the time with this lawsuit, with this other film that had failed, that it wasn't my fault, but people were blaming me. And, um, so anyway, um, oh my God, I'm so sorry. My dogs are all going crazy. Dogs just are insane to be on. They just would be a part of the show. And I love that. <laughs> um, we're, so, we're a dog living bunch here. All right. It's, it's crazy ball. though. I mean, I'm like, I've been, I, you know, and then first I couldn't get onto the podcast and now I'm here and all the dogs are going crazy and oh, anyway. <laughs> just want the um, attention. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so Ritual from Breaking Glass came to my rescue and said, you know, I have a certain amount of money. Can you make a movie for that? And I was like, absolutely, I can. And I desperately needed to prove to myself that I was capable because I had so many people that were um, private messaging me and saying just horrible things about how, like, I didn't know what I was doing and and I didn't deserve to live and I should commit oh, suicide. Yeah, oh, I mean, it was, it was crazy. It was like a real hate campaign. And I even got in touch with Facebook and I was like, look, you know, People are posting horrible things, and this is totally cyberbullying. Can you please help me get this to stop? And yeah. they said, well, we can't do anything because that's just their opinion. And I'm like, well, isn't all <laughs> bullying just an opinion then? Yeah. And they said, well, no, it's not. This is There's nothing we can do, and nobody's doing anything wrong. I'm like, okay, great. Now now I know. So anyway, um, yeah, I poured myself into making this film, and it was great that I had to write it direct it, produce it. I mean, I'm, I'm the one that went to Costco and bought the food. I picked up people from the train station. I did whatever had to be done. I, you know, helped pack up things at the end of the shoot. It just was a very critical time for me to focus all my attention into this one creative endeavor and get my mind off the the crazy apocalypse that was going on around me. Oh, yeah, that's very commendable. The fact that with all the stuff going on in your life, uh, that you were able to like you know concentrate on the actors, on their crew, and everything on your performance as well. I mean, you had to held many hats while making this movie, and I commend you for all the work you've done on this because that was absolutely just amazing. Your uh, cinematography work is great. Who's your cinematographer for this? Um, my, uh, friend Stan Nakazono. Okay. And, um, and then some of it, the scenes that I wasn't, I helped to shoot. Um, it's a long, st- it, the, we, we did, we did some good stuff. Yeah. It's, and I'm okay. glad you like the way it looks that yeah. took a lot of time. It has <laughs> like this like dogma style a little bit to it as well, which it kind of yes. like, uh, very handheld free, uh, kind of remind me of like even uh, the movie Slacker, which is later Slacker in a way is the camera work for that. I kind of like the doc. It's like a documentary kind of style feel to it at points. And I kind of enjoyed that aspect of cool. it. I don't know if you try to go for that or not, but that's what I kind of saw. Well, actually what I was emulating was the first dogma film that ever came out, Celebration, oh. which was shot with a lot of um, uh, candlelight. That's why we use the candles as much as we did. I really want to bring back the Dogma 95 concept of making films because I don't believe if you're doing digital cinema, the movies have to be a million dollars and up. I don't think that's necessary at all. And the only way, the only way to really um, prove that is to do it. Do you know what I mean? I heard that. And and I just mentioned too, sorry, it was uh, Richard Linklater's tape, Uh, not just much slacker, but his movie tape. That is a very intimate story. I don't know if you ever saw tape with, uh, Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke and Robert Sean Leonard. 
I haven't seen that now, but I would oh, like it. Oh, it's so good. It's about uh, three characters uh, who are at a hotel room, Robert Shaw Leonard and Ethan Hawke. They play these two old friends from high school, and they reunite, and they start talking about uh, this one girl that Ethan Hawke used to date <laughs> and that uh, Robert Shaw Leonard dated too, and there's like a little uh, uh, three-way twist that happens between them. I'm not going to say anything more than that, but it's all set in one room. It's really good. Oh, nice. Cool. So definitely search for that one when you can. Um, Now, I want to ask you, too, the location that you filmed at, where was that in the house that you guys shot that? Um, um, I think it was by Ridgewood, New Jersey. Okay. Um, A friend of mine, Charles Randolph, uh, who is one of the co-producers on this, he allowed us to use the, the place. And I think it worked out pretty well. For sure. Yeah. It was great. You know. Yeah. After these messages, we'll be right back. What do Raiders of the Lost Ark and the treasure of the Sierra Madre have in common? What about Goldfinger and the spy who came in from the cold? The Blues Brothers and Silence? There's only one way to find out, and that is to listen to Howard Kasner and Pop Art, the podcast where we find the art and pop culture in the pop culture and art. For each episode, my guest chooses a movie from pop culture, and I'll choose a film from the more art and classic foreign side of cinema that has a connection to it. So for those who want to know about Jurassic Park and Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, and Son of Frankenstein, tune in to Pop Art on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, and other streaming platforms near you. Movies and feelings. Pop, pop. Bring Your Own Popcorn is a podcast that dives into people and the movies who love them. Let us preach to your choir or stoke your ire as we spiral down memory lane with cult classics, Jurassics, and other genres that rhyme with traffic. What we lack in education, we make up for with comedy, compassion, and camaraderie. I'm your host, Mixtape Majesty, inviting you to join me and an assortment of wonderful guests on fine podcast apps everywhere. Bring your own popcorn. Hello again, everyone. The Vern here. Thank you so much for checking out this latest episode of Cinema Recall Podcast. Now, Cinema Recall, as you know, we're available on all sorts of podcast platforms such as Good Pods, Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, so many other places. Please leave us ratings and reviews on them. We're also available on Newsly. Newsly is an all-in-one audio super app for iOS and Android phone. It picks up the most trended articles on the web on topics you choose and reads them to you in a natural human voice. For the first time ever, the entire web becomes listenable all in one place. Stop scrolling, start listening, go to newsly.me, use the promo code RECALL, and get one month free of their premium services. I'm here to let you know, too, that... Ashley and I will be back making new episodes soon. I know we have our stint coming up at Convergence in July, and that will be probably the next time you'll hear new content from us. I plan on releasing some older content from us on our podcast page. Uh, Please subscribe to us over on YouTube because there'll be some 
great content over there as well, as well as our other social media apps, uh, Instagram, Twitter, at under cinema underscore recall. But yeah, check that out there. I do know that we plan on coming out with some new stuff. And also, I plan on working on some stuff with our Patreon page because I really want to interact with our Patreon membership and give them some more stuff on there as well. So, a whole bunch of new stuff is happening for Cinema Recall. Thank you so much for your love and support. So, I just want to let you know that there won't be any new content until July, but there'll be content coming up. Anyways, folks, love you very much. Let's get back to our interview with Deborah Twist, and I will talk to you soon. Laters. Bye. Trying to act and direct has got to be difficult, Um, but you're also asking a lot of your actors to perform and simulate a lot of sexual activities in there. And I want to ask you, what is it like to try and block and shoot uh, a sexual scene with the actors, including yourself? How, um, what, what... It wasn't difficult because, I mean, we were all friends. And, sure. um, you know, for the first scene between Nick and I, I mean, that was super easy. We're, we're just comfortable. I mean, Nick's yeah. been on, you know, he's like a stage veteran. So he's been on stage naked often. So sure. he doesn't care. Okay, <laughs> and, right, you know, and I'm completely just comfortable in my body. And sure. then when we did the uh, scene with the three of us, we had these uh, skin colored Teletubby suits that okay. we put on. <laughs> and um, we went over the scene several times with those on. And then finally we realized like it looked terrible and it wasn't going to work. So we just were like, you know what? This is crazy. And we had laughed enough and we realized that, you know, what was most important was the shot. So yeah. we took off the Teletubby soups and we just jumped in. We're like, come on, let's just get this done. We've got to make it look good. Okay. And, I mean, and you, it was simple. It was really simple. Do you have to like plan that beforehand? Like you write the script and be like, all right, well, this is the scene. Now for this shot, you want to be here in this position and I'm going to be in this position. Do you like plan things accordingly before you start rolling the cameras or how is that? No, we, we okay. did it on, on the spot. Um, and the my friend Laura who wrote the original um short story she helped choreographer be the choreographer for a lot of that okay she, she did a great job yeah well, so. see I'm we're, we watch a lot of movies here at Cinema Recall but we're still kind of new to the whole filming aspect of it so I'm just thinking as someone who's never really acted in much in movies before what would happen if you know got to be involved in some sort of love scene too because it helps too that you're all friends you know each other you're comfortable with each other and everything but i just had to ask how that's done like you just just dive into it sure. you just coordinate things because i know there's a lot of like uh in a lot of films that i read about there's like this new job about i guess and i don't know the right term for it it's but called an intimacy per- coordinator and they're absolutely crazy they're horrible they make things difficult because basically what they do is they come in and, you know, I, I worked on a, um, a TV show that they had one. And what happened was it just made me feel like I should feel ashamed or embarrassed by the fact that I took the role. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. And it's like, really? well, what's the point? Like, really, you're trying to make me feel like I'm doing something wrong when I know what the role is and I took it knowing what it was. Mm-hmm. And now you're trying to mess it all up on me. It was just it was really frustrating. So that's why I didn't want an actual intimacy coordinator, because I didn't sure. want anyone messing up our film and making us feel like, you know, we should be um, 
acting more prissy than we were. Exactly. And it kind of insults your intelligence as like a filmmaker or even as a human being to, you know, make correct choices in what you want to do. You know exactly what you're going to have in your own movie without having any outside forces telling you what to do. Yeah, exactly. Or or trying to make, you know, the actors feel, you know, because I knew they wouldn't be able to affect me after what I went through on this one show where they tried to make me feel bad. So I was concerned, though, for the guys because I didn't want the guys to get too, you know, upset or freaked out. Sure. By by being led to think certain things. It's, I mean, it's really, it's very sweet, strange. Yeah. It's very complicated. And, you know, I wanted to keep this simple. And the more the more people on a set, the more complicated everything gets. So, you I know, we, kept, we had a very small crew. We were very tight and fast and got things done and... It was good. It was a really, really good experience. Oh, well, yeah. that that is amazing. Uh, in fact, after watching your movie, uh, it made me dig up an old script that I wrote and gave me kind of confidence to try and finish that up a little bit and try to do something more with that. Because yeah, and I'm just very excited to know that something like this, a little small intimate piece between three characters. And a uh, erotic drama situation can be actually done and done well. So I thank you very much to give me the confidence to try and finish up that script that I had like a while back. Good and, for you. Good. Yeah. I mean, that's like, you know, look, you gotta, people need to start reading more about the Dogma 95 concept and, yeah. and realize like, you know, the most important thing is having a great story and having great actors. Yes. And then everything else will get sorted out. And and you have to and it makes sense to keep the budget low. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of money out there to make off little independent films. So, you know, the lower you keep your budget, the more chance there is that you're going to recoup your money and yeah. profit. So, you know, it's very 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 critical to take all these things into account and and realize like it's possible to make movies and it's possible to do them often. And, you know, the thing that trips people up is when they start thinking, oh, well, if I don't have five million dollars, it's not going to look like a real film. It's like, well, then you're an idiot. Yeah. If you can't take like a great script and great actors and make something that is definitely watchable, then you're an idiot. You've, anybody can do it if they if they apply themselves properly and they do the right research. Right. What was the budget for uh, Sapo Sexual? I can't say. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Okay, fair enough. Okay, all right, fair enough. Okay, <laughs> very cool. Um, all right. Uh, well, do you have any upcoming projects coming out here soon? Yes. Um, that you want to pull out? Well, Save Your Sexual right now is on Amazon, and okay. I'm going to encourage everyone because with the way the analytics work, um, because it's such a little film, um, it's great if you watch it, but then leave a review, give it some good stars. Because then it will rise. You know, I'm up against big $50 million films with huge A-list stars. So the more people can um, give reviews and give it some good stars, the higher it will come in the um, in the searches. And that's 100%. really, really critical. And then also um, I have a TV show. Well, it's a streaming show. Uh, a whole first season, seven episodes, 30 minutes each, called Crazy Town. And Breaking Glass is putting that out as well at toward the end of the summer. Um, right now, A Gun for Jennifer, a feminist thriller that um, I made back in the 90s. That 
is out on Tubi. Ooh. So it's um, a horror film that we made a couple years ago about, it, it's actually based on an, a real haunting we experienced in Brownstone in Brooklyn. And uh, it's called Sebastian. And that is on Tubi. And it stars uh, me, Eric Roberts, Kathy Moriarty, Tom Pelfrey, who's on uh, Love and Death in, on HBO. And he's done a million things. Um, and also it's one of Robert Vaughn's last films that he ever did. Oh, cool. Sebastian, but that's, what? that's really good. And, uh, that's on Tubi. Tell me that and, I got the gun for Jennifer. What was the other one with Robert Vaughn? Sebastian. Sebastian. Okay. Yeah. I will make sure that in the show notes that I'll post links to these movies on there. Great. Uh, Great. Thank you on uh, Amazon Prime and both of these on Tubi. I don't know if we can leave ratings on Tubi or not, uh, but, but please uh, like and share these episodes and uh, we'll try to get the word out for these features and get you more work and whatnot because I think you are very talented. Oh, thank you so much, Jason. You're so sweet. So very cool. Uh, do you actually have any, like, I know you mentioned the Dogma 95. Did you actually have any directorial influences on your style at all? Um, yeah, I, I think like, um, the, the biggest influence for me is John Cassavetes because I find him very similar to the, the, his projects are the kind of things I like and, you know, they're very dark and intense and gritty and very good actors and interesting stories. A lot of handheld. I mean, he did his stuff, you know, he was an actor and he would take the money that he made from acting and make his indie films, him, Jenna Rollins, Peter Falk. And, um, you know, I've got the people that I love to work with. And, yeah, I'm very, very influenced by John Cassavetes. And it was cool because I was in that movie, um, The Other Woman. And so I met Nick Cassavetes. And that was, like, a very oh, cool thing oh. for me because he was the director. And he was just, I mean, that was very, very, very exciting because, you know, I was meeting the son of one of my idols. <laughs> yeah, I bet. That's yeah. too cool. Yeah, very that cool was very deep. cool. Yeah. All right. but, yeah, John Cassavetes, I think that's my biggest influence by far. And I'm going to say I have not seen much of his movies. I know that he was the star of Rosemary's Babies. I know he directed Husbands, but I have not really seen most Gloria. of his movies. Um, Gloria. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, there's so many of his great, great films. I mean, just yeah, look them up. And right. they're every luckily with the way streaming works now, you know, everything yeah. is out there. You can find anything that you want to watch. That's true. You know, out. <laughs> it's That's, it's yeah, findable no on some platform. It's not like before, like, wasn't well, at this video store anymore and I can't travel far away to find it. Yeah, it's just all right there. Yeah. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. Like sometimes technology can be really wonderful. And that's going back to like, you know, Dogma 95 and making digital cinema. You know, it's a really exciting thing if you embrace it properly to, to realize like you can get your movie made. You can. You can. 100%. Well, I want to say thank you, Deborah, for being on Cinema Recall to talk about Sapio Sexual and your other movies. Uh, please take your stuff out. I'll post links on our website, cinemarecall.net, to find all this stuff on there. Um, big thank you to everyone who listens to Cinema Recall. Uh, if you're listening to us for the first time, thank you very much. We're available on all your platforms, such as uh, Spotify, Good Pods, Apple Podcasts. 
were, are also available every Sunday at 8.30 p.m. on Full Swap Radio. Full Swap Radio is a tink and fetish podcast site, and we're available on their Vanilla Sunday program, so check, check us out there. Uh, big shout-out to everyone on our Patreon page. You'll be getting this episode early if you're a Patreon member. Again, patreon.com slash Pod. So I want to give a big shout-out thank you to Jason Soto from Rabbit Hole Podcast. Thank you, Jason. I want to thank uh, Matt and Ashley from Mashley at the Movies. Thank you very much. I got to give shout-outs right now to uh, Jen, Lydia, and Naomi of Shots and Applaud. Thank you, ladies. I got to thank Jeanette Mickenham from ATA Jeanette. Thank you very much. Um, I got to thank uh, Harvey Andrus who is our guitar player for Your Ex-Girlfriend. And then I also got to thank Donny Roberts, who wrote the Deep Sea Anthologies. Sorry about that, Donny. You're one of our $10 Patreon members. I love you dearly, Donny. Donny, who wrote the Deep Sea Anthologies, formerly of Cage's Kiss. And then I got to thank Linda Castro from Bed Knobs and Broomflits. Uh, Thank you very much, Patreon members. I love you all very dearly. And thank you very much for listening, everybody. As always, uh, please check us out on social media apps, um, Cinema Recall on Facebook and Instagram. Twitter is Cinema underscore Recall. Uh, where can they find you on the social medias, Deborah? Um, Deborah Twist at Facebook, um, D E B O R E H, same on Instagram. And then I do have a, a website that is going to be updated this summer, DebraTwistActress.com. Okay. Well, very cool. I will post links to those as well on our main page right there, as well as feeds to all the movies we talked about on here. Um, but yeah, uh, please like and share, comment on this episode as well. And that's going to wrap everything up right now. So thank you again, Deborah, for your time. Thank you. So nice to meet you, Jason. It was so nice to meet you. You taught me. Oh, you called me Jason. Oh, that was so nice of you. Oh, people would call me Vern, but Jason works out good too. Oh wait, isn't your name Jason? It, no, it is Jason. Oh. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> My real name is Jason, but everyone kind of knows me online as like Vern because I'm the Vern from Cinema Recall. So oh, that's so funny. <laughs> it's it's funny too because like. Uh, Every, every time I, I date a girl and whatnot there, she can never call me Vern. So that's that's so cool. I still have old friends that still call me Jason. So I'm here <laughs> back and forth there. It's epic. So no, Jason is totally fine. That is my actual name. So totally cool. <laughs> Okay, cool. Yeah. But uh, I'm hoping that when you have another feature come out here, you'll want to come back on the show again to help plug it. Thank you. That would be wonderful. That would be great. So thank you again. And I will talk to you another time. All right. Sounds great. Have a great day. All right. I'll see you later. Bye. Bye. This podcast is a proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com.